listening to the My Pet Podcast, the show for pet lovers of Australia and around the world. Proudly brought to you by Australia's trusted online pet supply store, Vet and Pet Direct. Hi, you're listening to the My Pet Podcast. I'm Aria and I'm here with our resident vet, Dr. Glenn. Hello. Now, everything is, of course, just general advice for advice specific to your pet's need. Have a chat to your vet. Correct. We're here to talk about gross stuff yet again. <laughs> Good old parasites. Parasites. <laughs> their weird life cycles. Their weird life cycles and the really gross stuff that they do. Creepiness. Their absolute creepiness. We're just trying to, like, we're not really, but creep people out into using parasite prevention. <laughs> The horrors. That yes. Yes and no. No. Yes. <laughs> um, no. We're not. That's a. That's a joke. Um, so they're commonly called like um, colloquially called neckworms. Yep. But that's not necessarily the most accurate name for them. Um, is that right? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean neckworms are. In the neck, in the adult form. So, talking about horses, we're talking about parasites that are in and underneath the skin in horses and yeah. cause um, itching and self trauma and, and ulcerative wounds and, and other bits and pieces. So, um, there's yeah, a couple of different parasites that cause similar but different lesions. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, there's two species of worms that we're talking about. Yep. One of them is Onchocerca. Correct. And the other one is Habronema. Correct. You've done well. Thank you. <laughs> I practice a lot. So, Let's start with Onchocerca because yep. these two have very different life cycles. Correct. Um, and they also have very different symptoms, but kind of similar. D- different, but sort of crossing over. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so, okay, Onchocerca. Yep. So, Onchocerca, which is the neckworm, um, it is in its adult form in the nuchal ligament. So, the big connective tissue elastic band that attaches to the withers, to the pole and all the neck on the horse that keeps that makes it more able to keep its head upright without using all its muscles basically. Yeah. Um, it's just a big rubber band that's really thick. Um, the adult worms end up in there basically yep. um, and they are um, breeding and curled up in little insisted little capsules and they're up to 60 centimetres long, which sounds really gross, um, like to be rolled up in a little ball. Crazy. Um, and they mate and make babies up in there um, and the babies end up in the bloodstream and go to where in the body they are most likely to be picked up by biting insects because that's how they spread from horse to horse or back to the same horse. Mm -hmm. Um, So the microfilaria or the little microscopic um, baby worms circulating bloodstream end up um, usually in the ventral, so the undercarriage of the horse, so underneath the belly, underneath the neck, sometimes up on the head, um, and sometimes on the top of the neck, but it's mostly on the underside, Mm -hmm. um, and that's where they're most likely to be um, bitten by biting insects, Mm -hmm. midges or biting flies, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, So those biting flies go off and infect another horse with the microfilaria through their biting mouth parts, and then that worm ends up going through the horse's bloodstream and ends up in the neck um, and becomes an adult, and the life cycle is... Complete. Complete. Hmm. So, yeah, you often see the word microfilaria. Correct. Yes. You often see that um, written on 
uh, like deworming boxes and yep, things. Yep. It's, but it's not actually a separate species of worm. It's Correct. just the baby It's just ones. the life stage of a um, worm that circulates through the body, like the um, dog heartworm um, has a microfilaria stage where it is underneath the skin in dogs and it's bitten um, by mosquitoes and that's how yeah. dog heartworm spreads around through microfilaria. Yeah. Um, elephantitis in people is a different type of um, microfilaria. Wow. So the body, the human body has a reaction to the microscopic little larvae underneath the skin and you get big lumps and hunchbacks and stuff. Wow. Um, and that's another microfilaria disease. That's very um, so yes, so there's lost in parasites have microfilaria stages, but they're just waiting underneath the skin to be bitten by biting insects of some sort. Yeah. Yep. Just lurking. Lurking. And, and they're... If it was just the microfilaria, it, it would not really cause a great deal of problem because the neck worms in the neck weirdly don't or very rarely cause any problems. They just sit there and live there for one year to ten years, depending on who you listen to. Um, and there's the adult worms, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, a lot of these parasites haven't actually had that much research done with them mm-hmm. um, and haven't actually had, like, recent research done with them. Like, most of the published papers are from, like, 1970s and 80s and 90s wow. thing. Um, but the microfilaria, the problem they cause is the um, horse has an immune system reaction to those microfilaria and um, causes itchiness and lumps and reaction to um, maybe it's to the old microfilaria that are too old and they're waiting around for too long and don't get sucked up by a body insect and they just die. Yeah. And then the, we think probably the dead worms cause more of an allergic or an inflammatory response. So mm-hmm. you tend to get these um, lumps and like tufts of hair coming out and, and little oozy mucky bits basically and maybe that's part of the um, – Progression of life cycle as well, because if you've got an oozy, crusty sort of sore, all the biting insects are more likely to come in there and, and be attracted to that. They and, love and protect, a you know, the life cycle. Sore. Yeah. So, um, and that's a problem. And then one of the big problems is okay, we give a wormer to kill um, intestinal parasites in the horse, um, and that wormer doesn't touch, doesn't kill the adult worm at all in the neck because it's in this little insisted form. The body sort of puts connective tissue around it and that stops any of the worming medication to get in there. Mm. Um, and again, it's in the body. A lot of worming medications don't actually get absorbed in the body. They only kill the intestinal worms in the gut. But mm-hmm. the, the mectins, like the ivermectins and abomectins and moxidexins, um, they do kill the microfilaria. Mm-hmm. So it stops transfer of the infection if you kill the microfilaria but in some horses in killing all those little microfilaria that causes an intense allergic reaction so 24 48 72 hours after you give a mectin wormer if your horse starts ripping itself to pieces scratching its undercarriage or face um, super intensely and traumatizing itself um, there's a pretty fair chance it had neck worm it had lots of microfilaria they all died at once body has a big allergic reaction to it and you need to call your vet to give them prescription medications topically or orally to help them stop them chewing and tearing and ripping themselves pieces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I often get asked this by people, you know, how do I know if if my horse has this? Yep. Um, So, yeah, it sounds like they if they do, it's a pretty intense reaction. It's a pretty intense reaction and and that's – 
like the most spectacular form of it. Um, if you give the worm and they and they become intensely itchy, but some horses are, are just low grade or moderate grade itchy um, all the time because of the microfluria that are going through the life cycle. So yeah. there's sort of two different scenarios. You've got the chronic lower grade form of the illness and then the acute onset itchiness post worming. Yeah. But you can't not worm them because if you don't worm them, well, they're still going to be bloody itchy anyway. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, if you, it's, I guess this is something. If people suspect that they have their horse has onchocerca, yep, they should be contacting the vet. Um, probably, I'm never going to say don't contact your vet. Yeah, um, yeah. If and I mean diagnosis is difficult as well. So I mean, you can make a presumed diagnosis from the clinical symptoms, which realistically are pretty non-specific. I mean, crusty, oozy lesions on the underside of a horse. I mean, is it from the biting uh, insects that are biting it there anyway? Mm-hmm. Um, is it from onchocerca? Is it from habronema, which is the other one we're going to talk about? Um, is it you know, helicoides, um, Queensland itch, midgy sort of bites, yeah. um, or is it from grasses and pollens and all the other things that horses come in contact with? I mean, if yeah. you get that intense um, itchy reaction post-worming, okay, it was probably Oncocerca. Yeah. Um, but if you need to get um, – I mean, to specifically diagnose it, you've got to take – well, the vet's got to take a skin biopsy under sedation um, and send it off to the lab and get histopathology done on it and look at it under the microscope in sections to look for these little microfilaria. That's the only way to definitely diagnose mm-hmm. it because you're not going to look for the adults by cutting open the top of the neck. No. Um, and you can occasionally see it on x-rays, little calcified wow. lumps around the adults. But, I mean, again, that's an incidental finding when you're x-raying the neck for something else. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's it's a problem that probably goes officially undiagnosed nearly all the time, um, but a presumed diagnosis of one of these um, um, parasite-based skin conditions um, is often made, and, and you know, worming and insect control, which we'll talk about later, is, is the two main things you can do about it. Okay, and true or false, Oncocerca causes decreased mane growth and tail growth. Very unlikely. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, main growth, I mean, some of those little microfilaria might end up on the top of the neck, um, but it's more so the underside of the neck. Yeah. Um, tail base, really, really, really unlikely yeah. um, because they don't accumulate there because there's not many things bite around there in the insect world, basically. So, um, I mean, tail base and main is far more likely to be Queensland itch allergic reaction to the culicoides midge mm-hmm. bite. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, that's the most likely, you know, tail and main problem. If it's itchy tail on its own, is it, you know, pinworms, which is another parasite that causes perianal irritation. Um, but if it's head, if it's neck and tail, it's most likely to be culicoides, but it could be pinworm at the back and, and onchocerca at the front, potentially. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so they're, they're complicated. But yeah, it's unlikely that neckworm would cause tail and neck itching. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So do we? are you ready to get on to habronema? I can move to habronema. You can move to habronema. <laughs> so what symptoms do these cause? So habronema, it's another type of parasite. It's actually a gut worm. Okay. So the adults in the gut um, gets pooped out in the poop. The maggots of flies in the horse poop eat the larvae as part of the um, fly larvae life cycle. Um, maggot turns into a fly. Fly has the larvae of the abronema in it. Um, that fly goes and either 
bites a horse um, around its mouth, maybe, um, if it's a stable fly, but it's mostly like it's a house fly, like a, mm-hmm. um, a normal house fly there, just incidentally flying around a horse and flies into the horse's mouth or dies in the horse's food or dies in the horse's water trough, and the larvae of the worm end up eaten by the horse in one of those ways. Um, larvae ends up back down in the gut and becomes an adult over time um, and maybe occasionally causes gastritis and a bit of discomfort for the horse, but the adult worms probably don't do much at all. Yeah. Um, so that's the, the way the worm wants the life cycle to go. Yes. Um, the flies, because flies do fly things, um, if they are buzzing around a horse's um, mouth or if the horse has got a oozy, crusty wound from whatever um, or, you know, Horses' eyes are always covered in flies if there's mm-hmm. flies around, and and you know, around the muzzle and the nostrils and the mouth. Um, male horses around the prep use and the sheath. Um, female horses to a lesser extent at the back end because they've got a tail to help out. Yeah. Um, so if there's a wound or if there's an open mucous membrane, um, those flies can actually transfer larva just from the fly feeding behaviour. Mm-hmm. So you end up with the larva of the hopefully gut worm in the wrong spot and the horse has an immune reaction and seems to be quite an intense immune reaction to those larva being in the wrong spot. Mm-hmm. So you get these um, ulcerating, open, really nasty-looking wounds around eyes, lips, nostrils occasionally and and penis and prep use of, of male horses predominantly yeah. um, and they can be really nasty and, and be confused sometimes with skin cancers like if you've got a pink skinned horse um, yeah. they, they can just look like a skin ulcerating you know horrible skin cancer basically yeah. um, and, and you can't tell from the outside either um, so they're sort of a bit the same as the in that they cause skin lesions, but they tend to be more so confined to mostly um, eyes and prep use and around the mouth. Mm-hmm. But if you had a wound somewhere else, it can have the same effect. Yeah, okay. Um, so you can't say definitely for sure this is a Oncocerca or Habronema just because of where it is and what it looks like mm-hmm. because there's that bit of crossover. Yeah. But if you've got an ulcerating, um, you know, prep use lesion, well, it's more likely to be habronema if you've got an ulcerating eye um, lesion. When I say eye, like it's on the eyelids or in the um, medial canthus where the tear drainage bit is, yeah. or anywhere where flies accumulate, basically, yeah. 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 So different but the same. Yeah. 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 So treatment for them is... Treatment is the same, is the same? as yep. in the mectins kill the worm. Um, I mean, sometimes if you've got a nasty ulcerating wound, it's, it's it can take an extended period to um, to heal up. They get these like clunkers, these little cheesy, horrible um, rock-like dry pus things in that wound where the body is trying to expel this foreign material, which is what the larvae are. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they stay there and inhibit healing and your vet will get in there and so that you also squeeze these chunks of crap out and um, and the wound will heal faster because of that. But, I mean, a lot of the time you've got to, again, take a biopsy of the lesion because if it's a pink-skinned horse, you're worried about, okay, yeah. is this wound, um, you know, parasite based or is it a skin cancer yeah um and the only way you know for sure is to take the biopsy and do the diagnosis um if your vet shows to treat the um parasitic um burden through worming etc and supported them with wound healing mm-hmm. bits and pieces um skin cancer might get better by itself whereas the um 
hibernating lesions can yeah. um, or usually do, but they can take some time because they're so angry and active. Mm. Yeah, and then um, the more biting insects you've got and the more flies you've got, maybe the further north you are, yeah. and then the early lesions can sort of look like um, fungal infections that we get, like swamp cancer is a terrible name, but um, like fungal infections that eat tissue um, can yep. look like habronema lesions early on sometimes as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, they look so uncomfortable. Oh, they're horrible. Things. They're horrible. really horrible. Yeah, and, and intensely itchy sometimes as well. So then yeah. you've got what was a small lesion and they start you know, traumatising their face, eyes, um, nose or, or penis. Yeah. yeah, and some of them like end up on the like the urethra, right at the oh. urethral um, um, prominence on the sheath, and and they start some of the first symptoms that people see is their horse back legs is just covered in wee because they've got this lump at the end of their penis, which probably doesn't necessarily get inspected very often, um, and they're just showering pee everywhere because they're not oh. doing a good stream of urine. It's sort of half blocking off the, um, the urine flow. Oh, dear. Mm, so it gets nasty. It, yes, it really sounds mm, like it. Yes. How do you – is uh, okay, is this very common? Um, I am not in full-time horse practice or any horse practice anymore, but, yeah, I've practiced in Queensland and um, Northern Territory, and I used to suspect a lot of cases. I, I can't remember if I've actually ever officially diagnosed them, as in taken biopsy yeah. samples and sent them off to the lab. Um, but, yeah, I used to see multiple horses every um, wet season, dash, summer season, yeah. with, with lesions that were suspicious of it, and, and you'd treat them, and, and most of them would go away with the mectin-based wormers, and yeah. some of them needed other supportive care, and, and sometimes the... Um, anti-inflammatory medications to stop them tearing themselves to pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's the best way to prevent these? Um, consistent worming would help. Yeah. Um, so the habronema, if you worm the horses um, often enough, you know, every two months or three months, depending on um, what the long-term um, persistence of the mectin-based um, worms that you're using is, mm -hmm. um, that would at least reduce the... Um, amount in the environment mm -hmm. um, because flies are associated with its transmission. They don't get back into the horse without flies being involved, fly control, mm -hmm. the environmental fly control and fly masks and, and rugs and, and repellent sprays basically. So the less flies around the horse, the less likely they are to get um, the habronema mm -hmm. and the onchocerca, the less biting insects they've got, the less likely they are to transfer them back as well. Mm -hmm. So it's a combination of um, worming medications and um, repellents and, and masks and rugs, basically. Yeah. That's the, the only way you've got to control the life cycle. Yeah. 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 And with the Onchocerca adults, they can hang out in the neck and, like, they can't be – they're not controlled by any of these mechanisms. No, they, they just live out their life cycles because they're insisted they're in the body but they're sort of outside where drugs can get into them. Yeah. Um, but they usually don't cause any troubles either. Occasionally they end up in weird ligaments in fetlocks and suspensory ligaments um, in the wrong spot in the body mm -hmm. um, and occasionally get picked up in surgical cases or ultrasounds and that sort of thing, but it's pretty much the adults. No, you can't fix them, you can only help to prevent the horse being reinfected through controlling the microfilaria and controlling insects. Do the adults keep producing microfilaria? Yep. Yeah, yep. okay. So they'll, yeah, they'll keep going. So a single dose doesn't kill the adult and kills whatever microfilaria circulating then, um, and depending on what they are, they'll kill microfilaria for a couple of weeks or several weeks, mm -hmm. but they'll keep reproducing, um, and those microfilaria, the new babies will end up in the bloodstream and potentially be infectious or 
potentially be there to cause the um, the itchiness still. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So they'll, they'll keep happening. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, if, if you've had a suspected case of, of that, then you pretty much probably just... need to keep using mectins at a regular basis. Yeah. And yeah. Be guided by your vet if you've got a specific, you know, um, case that they're treating. Yeah. Um, but at least you know, every two to three months. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, they're, um, like all parasites, very uh, unpleasant but, um, yeah, I feel like these ones aren't spoken about that much and there's sort of not that much general knowledge about them. Probably not because, I mean, they're not – there's there are very little gut consequence. I mean, a lot of horse parasites are worried about, you know, colic, which is horrible in horses, yeah. um, and these are very unlikely to cause that. Well, the, the habronine, which is the gut um, parasite, is very unlikely to cause you know, gastrointestinal problems, yeah. um, but it causes the skin trauma and cancery-looking thing troubles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's interesting to to know a little bit more about them and yep. to sort of understand how they all work. So yep. thanks, thanks for sharing. That's your right. Knowledge. All good. Weird life cycles. They are weird yep. life cycles. <laughs> yes, the uh, Habronema is very much the old lady horse who swallowed a fly. Yes, she didn't know why. No, but she won't die. She won't die. No. She'll, she'll be okay. She'll be fine. Yeah. Yep. So if you suspect your old lady or old man horse is fine, um, she, she'll probably be, you don't know why, but she'll probably be okay. Just yep. have a chat to your friends. Sounds good. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you.